welcome back to Steam Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 60, Wednesday Night Loredown, Chilling in Obliteration's Waiting Room. We've got no time for no cold open, and this is the cold open. Hi, welcome back to Steam Powered Scoundrels. I am your host, Douglas Scoundrels. And with me are the, the usual folks, plus one extra super cool, awesome person we got to hold. So we're just going to go left, right on... According to Doug. Yeah, yeah, according to Doug, according to my squad cast, to bring us to Nate first. Oh, God, I'm first. Yeah, you are first. <laughs> oh, no. Next up is Victoria. Say hello. Hi. After that is Eli, who is currently in a rave of some kind. Hello. I don't, that's my rave hello. Oh. Hello. And last but not least, Roman. Hello! Cool. And our super secret cool guest, A1 Mr. Dice from a particular YouTube series. Uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? My name is Jeff, a.k.a. Dice, from Defector Dice on YouTube. We talk about a little game called Malifo. You guys might have heard of it. Oh. Um, Please elaborate. we'll, 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 We'll get there. This uh, this is a forty k podcast. About, uh, <laughs> mostly, uh, mostly dealing with the lore and and stuff. So, well, you're in good company. The defective dice right. has been doing better lore stuff than we have lately, and I greatly appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, our whole thing has always been we just do whatever, and for the longest time, we were the only ones who bothered to cover lore. So we were the lore people, and now defective dice is even more the lore people. We're just also lore people. We're the weird lore people. We're your weird. We're the <laughs> weird lore uncle that isn't invited to most of the family outings. You're the we funny have lore people. Opinions. <laughs> They're mostly wrong. This this whole podcast is just a Malifaux op-ed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh God, you're not mess. wrong. So we have. A very interesting and special format for you today. It is not copying any other format we've ever had before. No, sir. We're going to be discussing lore today. Specifically, we're going through all of the unfinished plot threads and questions throughout Malifaux lore that Weird hasn't gotten around to answering, and we are going to give you the one true answer to that lore question. And if Weird doesn't like it, then they can prove us wrong. Cowards. (laughs) Oh, are we so bringing back cowards? Cowards never left. So we're officially calling this the Wednesday Night Lore Down, then, right? Y- yes, I I like that. So yes, we've got a we've got a lot of questions. In fact, way too much to cover in one episode. So how are we going to cover this stuff? Well, we figured we would go through each person that is here, and then randomly, and have them pick out a question that's on the list. And then once that question is answered, maybe we'll go through each person and sort of give our own opinion on what it should be, and then more or less come up with a consensus, maybe, probably not. And then after that's done, the next person, random person, will pick something from the list and we'll go on and forth until we're at an arbitrary time point, um, which I probably won't listen to or follow whatsoever, and then we'll call it good. And then we'll probably have to have another episode of this, maybe. We'll have to have Mr. Dice back on. Maybe. If he doesn't already hate us completely. Oh, I watched the show. I'm used to this. Or oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so totally brand new format. Yep. Not familiar at Very all. Very original. 
original Wednesday concept. night lowdown with scoundrels and the dice. That sounds like a very bad radio morning talk show. Well, I, I like the name you put on the top of this document: defective steam dice powered scoundrels. It's oh, definitely rolled, rolled right off the tongue. Yeah, it's, it's really very, very it's, a, it's a yeah it's a triple hyphenated word. That's <laughs> that's no, fully, definitely fully easy on that Perfect, <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah, for sure. DSDPS. Everyone loves that. <laughs> All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate randomly selected our order, and Nate gets to go first. Lucky him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, and I, I personally, I, I, I like this one. It intrigues me what everyone thinks. Uh, did Perdita ever get to go to the poker night with uh, <laughs> Sonia and Lady J? <laughs> this is a very important lore mm-hmm. question. Agreed. One room, the most underrated story. It's a great story. Anyone who doesn't like that that story is just wrong. Objectively. I haven't found anyone that I respected that didn't like that story. So, honestly, I feel like it's one of the best. Bite me. (laughs) And I would would There's a lot of people that hate that story. (laughs) Yeah. Too many. Too many wrong people. Too many wrong people. 100%. And I would posit, given, given the nature of the stories in that book, because I believe that was also the uh, yep. the same book where mm-hmm. McMorning and the Rezzers stopped the ritual to basically yep. lock away the the grave yep. spirit. I would yep. I would posit there has not been a poker night since that book. They have been <laughs> too busy. It's fair. There has been a lot going on in Malifaux since that that book. Every yeah. time they get close, a new disaster happens. Exactly. <laughs> And but like, ironically, Perdita and her brothers have been having a successful poker night mm. and did invite Sonia. So. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I think Lady Justice and Sonia don't get invited to the Ortega poker night. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Ortegas really aren't that busy right now, weirdly. Actually, yeah, out of all of them, they're, they're just kind of doing their thing. You know what, actually? Um, her whole, I'm going to have my own poker night with Blackjack and Hookers, she got a hold <laughs> of Bass. Ah, the yes. new guy. The cool new guy. I guess you're going to be my yeah. friend in my own clique. And his cute daughter. Yeah, Bernadette cleaned <laughs> up. She she took home the jackpot <laughs> for sure. Now, do you think do you think they've completely forgotten McCabe since he since he lost his job? Nobody wants McCabe at the poker game. Yeah, he's definitely not a trustworthy a poker companion. <laughs> 100%. I feel like Mc, they forget McCabe mm-hmm. was an employee of the guild the second they that he breaks uh, line of sight with them. <laughs> yeah, I feel realistically he was just a contractor, so like not even an employee. Temp. He was a temp. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I like that the guy. idea that he got invited to one poker night and like the game never ended because of some fucking disaster that he caused. Oh well, yeah, he had too many cursed <laughs> items in his pockets. Yeah. He might not have even caused it, but he was definitely blamed for it. I like. He got invited to the Ortega poker night and embarrassed himself when he discovered the existence of daiquiris and was no longer invited back. <laughs> Classic daiquiris or like modern smoothie extra fruit daiquiris? I feel like Lucas would take the second. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there is. I'm just looking for clarification. Nothing wrong with that, but it has Lucas energy. Where, hold on. They have angry, uh, angry pineapple daiquiris. 
Yeah, I feel like he goes full tiki. Just, like, give him a pineapple, he'll hollow it out and pour in whatever is available. Oh, okay. that's good. Um, Eli, you got any anything to add? Anything to add to that? Yeah. I added angry pineapple daiquiris. What, what more do you need? <laughs> okay, yeah, fair, fair. That was the whole thing. Excuse me. So I think the general consensus, uh, after joking, is that um, that... Uh, the, the the one room story was a more innocent time in Malifaux, and things have just gotten <laughs> so much worse. No one has had time to think about poker nights. It was it was that brief yeah. moment of breathing room because, like, I mean, stuff has happened, and you know, plots go up and down. So, like, there's that brief moment of breathing, and then plot happened, and it really hasn't stopped all that much since. I think that was in between. Kitchener dying and Marla showing up, or was Marla there? No, that I was right Marla before there. Kitchener. Mm-hmm. No, K- Kitchener was dead. No, it was. Yeah. It was. It was, it was after. It was. Oh after, shit! Because okay. Lucius was so upset. <laughs> oh no, he's he's not dead. He's ascended. Right. Shuffled yeah. off his mortal coil. Get your terminology one way or the correct. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think sure. that was when Marlo had arrived and was like in the process of sorting through everybody, mm-hmm. right? Because he yeah, hadn't cause... quite brought Lucius to heal. Yeah, Lucius yeah, was okay. being a little bitch, and yeah. got it. Yeah, so that was the guild. All like you know, they they didn't really have a boss for a while, and they were all just uh, kind of yeah. you know, having a good time, trying yeah. out the coffee machine. And then <laughs> shit went down. Yeah, and then plot continued to happen. Right. Hey, you know that timer I was talking about earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should move on. Uh, no, I should probably start that timer. <laughs> oh, we didn't start the timer. That's never happened before. Anyway, completely Very different original. format from anything we've ever done. Yep. The unprecedented Eli, it's your turn. history. Pick a topic. My turn. Yeah. A topic. Um, I'm going to go with uh, what significance does the Obsidian Mirror, Tara Stoll, and the Outcast vignettes have? And I think it is 100% an anniversary gift for Karina. Uh, so explain Aww. what that was, what happened, because I don't remember that. I don't remember. I just saw oh, Tara okay. thing. I'm like, that's definitely a gift. You think I remember stuff about the lore that's not, like, purple colored? Like, come on. <laughs> okay. Eli is very specialized. No, it's just been a minute since I read that. Right. What? Oh, so the vignettes were from... Like what? Book four of second edition, or yeah, Ripples of Fate. Yeah, that was a while back. To the bookshelf. <laughs> I'm looking at it now because I don't remember this either. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, we'll come back to that then. Uh, it looks that sounds like <sighs> Nate's pulling it up, so we can move on to Mister Die. Oh, Roman, Roman, Roman's next. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So many to choose from. There are so many to choose from. Uh, I feel like we can probably wax poetic on this one for a good minute. What is Ivan's exact connection to the Arcanists? Um, Nothing mechanical, I can tell you that much. <laughs> for now. Um, so my thought on this is, I do think, like, clearly there was more than just, like, a one-time contract thing going on because the department had their own little area in the wash house, in the uh, mining area. Like, Ramos set that up. Like, that was a a 
more than one time thing. Um, no, I had a whole clockwork supervillain layer. Exactly. Like you, you don't do that for. <laughs> oh yeah, we need this guy to come in for like one project <laughs> and that's it. Um, that is a, a long term investment, one way or the other. Have you met Ramos? Not personally, no. And I'm I'm actually rather glad for that. Um, <laughs> I do not need any more limbs. I'm just saying. Seems like a thing. Seems like a thing Ramos would do. Yeah. My thought, though, is, like, in in the Mountain Straight Reply, where we originally saw them, there is the the bit where Ivan is talking to whatever the guy's name is, I forget his, his face. Hannibal? But the, the load lifter guy who he's duping. Yeah. Hannibal. Um, yes. NPC. Thank you. Um, and he's, he's essentially acting like he's working for Lucius secretly. And I'm saying that that might be true, because... On one level or another, like, he's got to get the information somehow, and he could be double or triple agenting it and just going, Ramos is is the one paying the bills at the moment, so I'm going to work more for him, but if I can double dip here or there, I wouldn't be upset. Um, what I'm interested to see is if his connection to the Arcanist is what led him to getting all the shadowy things happening. Because we know he ends up with, as we're currently seeing, the Explorers. But we don't know what happened to make Shadow Connection go off. And that I could see something like that where Ramos, in Supervillain Lair, had it built up so he could listen to what is being said and picked apart something of, Oh, you aren't just working for me. Alright, let's, uh, let's set up a Supervillain trap. And... Somehow he gets sucked into Shadow Realm, very uh, Maximilian Pegasus. <laughs> Mentioning Yu-Gi-Oh, another thing we've never done before. Why? I don't know. <laughs> All, roads All roads lead, lead back, back to Yu-Gi-Oh. We have a guest. We're supposed to treat ourselves with respect. <laughs> that guest made the anyway, choice going to come back on to Marco. this podcast. <laughs> True, I signed up for this. <laughs> As a listener, no less. He knows. He knows what we're about. The Yu-Gi-Oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh talk is when He's I just turn the volume Yu-Gi-Oh down a little bit reference. and kind of do something else and then I come back. <laughs> the important part is you sign the release form to come on. That's that's really the important part. Oh no. Yeah, that, that's my take on, on Ivan. Uh, well, the, uh. the interesting thing, I think, is that in the Mountain Straight reply, I think... He also makes some sort of suggestions or, or kind of hints that he does have some other master that he's serving that's not Lucius or the Union. So, and and ironically, that's the same book where the Explorer Society was first introduced. Though I have it on good authority that that was not intentional. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So there, there. Uh, I think the interesting bit there is. Does he still have some loyalty to the Union? Is he, or maybe he was only loyal to Ramos, and when Ramos I mean, went away, he he has one loyalty to the him. Union. Well, strong. He sure but does. There's also a suggestion that maybe he's <laughs> just there because he's spying on the Ten Thunders. So you know, who knows what uh, what's really going on there? At least now we know they're actually. Spies At least sleeping together, but maybe dating, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think the fact that they have him set up is just like the spy. They can they can very much have him be a out for himself, as nefarious as mm-hmm. possible, Nick Fury type 
of just like plans within plans within mm-hmm. layers within schemes um as much as they want to and i think that's a really fun story yeah. thing that they can play with i think that said i hope he's the 10th uh arcanist master when they yeah. get around to it yeah that'd be fun yes I want please <laughs> please and thank you yes <clears throat> i think we we sort of described it perfectly already in the same way ivan was related to the arcanists as mccabe was related to the guild he was the guy that was technically there because he was hired to be but he just is always around and he's more or less associated with you but also not and i would agree that it was ramos was the thing that he was was the guy really paying him and giving him direction once Ramos is gone, you kind of listless after that. But again, you still got the super cool lair. And I'm wondering who has that now. Maybe we should add that to the question. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's, who's in the clockwork lair now? Um, I always assumed he was still there and they think he's working for the union and he just. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Honestly, it's still I, his. I could see that. And if not, the answer is whoever can figure out how to get into it without getting crushed or, into gears. <laughs> you make it there. You just, you, you Someone are. who is just too unkillable to get crushed in gears. Fair. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so, it's, so it's Hanlon. <laughs> just a swarm of rats that climbs up the side of the mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Yep. We, we talked about, it. I think, no. that, that after Ramos is gone, he's very loosely associated with the Arcanist, and then Gretchen gets the blackmail on him. Mm. And that's the impetus for him to be working for mm. the Explorer Society, because, like, there have been looser reasons people have worked for each I mean, but, like, half of the Ten Thunders is just blackmail victims anyways, so... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Including, including me. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably more than half. Yeah, I've, yeah. there. Uh, so yeah, she gets uh, information on him, and he isn't like a diehard Arcanist loyalist. So he's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll work for you. Um, but we're just going to keep this sort of fluid. So maybe someday he'll come back to the one true faction. Or agreed. Bye you. Yeah, exactly. Next next edition, <laughs> I have an entirely this leaves explorers. We have a blue and brown card. I'm good with that. Brown? I'm sorry, Brown? He said Bayou. Yeah. The yeah. one true faction. <sighs> I'll, I'll take it as long as you come up with a really good hook for why he's associated with the Bayou. Uh, okay. I don't um, like it. Hold on. I don't I don't think I sighed into my mic quite heavily enough. It was that sweet sigh action. I'm not going to. Okay. I saw it visually, and, but no one anyone, heard it. Anyone not get any input on the Ivan question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe Vic and Eli anti- have yet to say things. Oh. Yeah, it's hard when uh, y'all are all going. Go ahead. No, like my original was just like a joke. It's May. That's why he's tied to the Arcanists. That's <laughs> that's the connection. It's love. I mean, y'all already kind of covered everything that I would have. I would have said. You can say it in Eli's voice and in the Eli way. I Ivan's a spy. He's a spy for hire. You, you hire the spy to spy things. He's not purple. Eli doesn't care. So what you're saying is that we're bringing back the old mercenary mechanic. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. You can merc Ivan into any faction. Oh, well, I mean, like, if, you, if you have a spy that you can trust, you keep that spy around. You don't like 
all right, I used this spy one time. Let me go mm-hmm. get another spy and hope that I can trust that one. Like, you want a reliable source of information, yeah. not just the next guy that you Eli can find. Eli secretly just wants a body cop movie featuring Klaus and Ivan. I mean... I mean, don't I, we all? Yeah, that sounds I would, great. I would... Just good pitch. Let's take that one step further. About the third buddy cop movie of that, you have kind of, kind of like John Wick. Every every movie, we get another layer of the the murder ink economy society that they have going on there. So we start with buddy cop movie, and after a while, we get whole like, for lack of a better term, poker night of our various uh, information gathering spy folk in Malifaux, and they're just exchanging notes which may or may not be misinformation to throw the other people off literally nothing can be trusted yeah (laughs) did did you find that vignette yes no i was waiting for us to get done with ivan i think we're i think um so after my 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 summary of of this and it's actually really interesting considering considering the existence of 33 this is actually really interesting one to go back and look at basically tara smuggled herself in a death marshal coffin into the um, death marshal like sanctum um, beyond their warded alarms and stole a bunch of their shit. <laughs> and the uh, the most notable one was the obsidian mirror, which was um, implied to have some connection to bringing obliteration and stealing uh, Titania's power, but that has not been followed up upon yep. as far as we know. I feel like a lot of the vignettes have little mentions like that that. Just little nuggets t- that yeah t- potential yeah. threads <laughs> it's like it's like rpg threads like yeah maybe we'll bite on one of these that's what we're here but for like, eventually this someday so it's all about the nuggets yeah. <laughs> but like with with the now like knowledge of 33 being a thing the tar getting smuggled into guild headquarters is very interesting yeah mm-hmm. Well, she's always had a connection with, like, the the Death Marshals, I guess, because Karina could revive them. But it's always something that they've sort of brought into the game, and then they got rid of it, and then... And kind of brought it it back with 33. Yeah, it seems like they don't know what to do with that relationship there. Yeah. So you think she's just, you know, riding along inside of this coffin, and suddenly in pops 33 into the void, and they have a short conversation, but it's very awkward. (laughs) I mean, we, we've said before that all buried <laughs> models go to the same place. Right. It's just one mm-hmm. nebulous ne- nebulous zone. They're all just there having a party. Yep. Soulstone miners wiggling <laughs> by. Chilling in Obliteration's waiting yep. room. <laughs> Obliteration's waiting room. I think we found our episode <laughs> title. <laughs> Fuck, that was good. <laughs> Do you think the Death Marshals just keep their coffins in, the, like, in like one storage shed? I feel like that's asking for an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And? So, like, the thing is, they're very they're they're deeply personal items. As someone who's been reading over the uh, <laughs> advanced pursuit for through the breach, because I have a player who's interested in becoming a death marshal, like they craft their own coffins that they will be buried in. So they feel like very personal objects. So it's kind of one, weird that one would just be. Yeah, I feel like they take them home into, into headquarters. But that I might have been like a resurrected death marshal. The 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 resurrected death marshal like got shot a whole bunch, and then they took the coffin. Like, mm, okay, that makes sense. That that's what the vignette says. Anyway, oh, I, okay, hold on. They gunned down this zombie death marshal, and <laughs> then they took the coffin okay. that was on that zombie. Okay, 
I'm going to flesh this out. I don't care if that's what they put in the vignette or not. They gun him down. It's like, oh, what? Because the whole like thing about Death Marsh is like, eventually they might succumb to the necromancy in some way, which I guess is what happened to this guy. And they're like, oh, we had to gun down Carl. Let's shove him in his coffin. And then uh, we'll go on. And then like they get distracted by a wild shed. herd of the nothing beast or something. Um and like, oh god, what was that? And while that's happening, Terror just sprints over to this coffin, rips the corpse jumps out in. of it, and then jumps herself <laughs> in, like throws the body in a river or something, and then just jumps into the coffin. Carl was never seen again. She comes out of Carl, the coffin Carl through just the stands void. Up a little while later, Carl's corpse is just chilling in the void, and Terror just shoves him aside to go out of his. Coffin. I need this spot like- of the void exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> Yes. If I can find Carl. Didn't we yes. already kill Carl? Didn't we already do <laughs> this? Damn it, Carl. Carl, that kills people. Right, adding Carl, <laughs> adding Carl the zombie death I marshal thought, to my through the When game. you were saying that they're very personal objects, I thought you were going to say, well, obviously they weren't going to keep all of them in a shed. They keep them in, uh, closer to themselves. And then I had the idea of Carl just throwing his coffin underneath his bed, and now Tara can't escape because she's hitting the underside of the bed. She's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out. <laughs> can't lift the lid. <laughs> Let me out. The, other, the other thought that attaches to that is like Tara is the monster under your that's bed. That's good, Eli. Um, other thought that that brings to mind is like, have they shown like I, I know they throw things into the coffins. Have they shown what they do like to remove them from the coffins or whatnot? Because all I'm thinking in my head is like Ghostbusters trap extraction. Just they usually just kind of shoot into the coffin until it's dead. Cool. They just go into the void. That's what the coffin is basically. It's a portal to the void. I'm assuming they open the At door. At least that was my understanding. Hold it upside down and shake it a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> open it over a cliff. Yeah. Look at- I'm, I, I want to say things have come out of coffins in the lore before, but I can't think of a specific instance of it happening. Um, There is an item in Through the Breach where you can get an old Death Marshal's coffin and on specific flips it yeah. will release a zombie out yeah, of the coffin. Yeah, that's cool. But I always assumed that they just like shoved zombies or whatever in the coffin and they just went into the void to chill with Terra and Karina and obliteration until they crazy. wandered back out of a random <laughs> coffin. So coffins are kind of like coat closets and you check your coat, which is a zombie in this case, and you get a ticket, but sometimes you lose that ticket. But in this case, you check like 12 coats when you're out, you know, hunting zombies, and then you're like, oh, man, I am I think I only had 11, right? And you hand them 11 tickets, and you empty the 11 zombies out of your coffin, but that 12th one is stuck there indefinitely until he finally figures the coat gains sentience and kills the coat check guy and leaves the... I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Moving on. Oh, I appreciate that you kept the analogy yeah. up, though. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> Jeff Dice... If that is your real name. Pick a topic. I thought we were going to talk about the Obsidian Mirror. We just talked about... Oh, yeah, you're right. We never really <laughs> did. <laughs> we we went off on a coffin tangent. This is the power of the Obsidian Mirror. You can never actively talk about the Obsidian Mirror. People just keep bringing it up. The conversation never ends, and you never get anything done. Uh, it distracts you. <laughs> it's, it's an anti-witness so- device. My my first thought on it would be like like it's a magic mirror probably can use it to communicate with something and if it's tied to obliteration like I would imagine this is a thing to 
this could be a thing to communicate with obliteration. Based on what's talked about in the vignette, I do think it's like a magic mirror, but I think it's more for imprisoning something and or someone. Um, because it oh. does talk in the vignette about how Terra and Obliteration want to trap Satania in the void so Obliteration can leech her power. Yeah. And then it talks about the mirror and Obliteration seems like smugly happy or whatever in the end of it. So in, in my thought process, it makes it like um, a device so that they can imprison Titania in the void. Yeah, like like one of the many many traps for the to cage the tyrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Phantom Zone. Clearly, this mirror is kind of uh, a rhombus, not or quite that. square or that. shape. And if you throw it, in, uh, yeah, yeah, and if, fair enough. Yeah, and if you throw it into space, it just flips over <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> a flat, <laughs> yeah, a flat rhombus in space. Obliteration is Zod confirmed. <laughs> okay. I'm mean, I'm, I I like that explanation. That's I'm happy with that. It is a prison. The other thing that comes to mind as far as for tyrants, yes, of which Titania the other thing that comes to is mind one. as far as uh, Titania and mirrors <laughs> that we didn't know at the time that that vignette came out is initially like all of her power was stored in her eyes, and eyes and mirrors oh. are both used for hmm. vision of various sorts. Um. I don't know. It, it's a loose connection, but it's I there. I get what you mean, but I <laughs> oh, goodness, it's going to be one of those really awkward situations where, like, behold your own vigid visage and be trapped forever in the mirror. Why do you not have eyes? I'm blind. <laughs> oh, God, it's not working. <laughs> Nobody told me she didn't have eyes anymore. It was all part of her plan. No, but, like, yeah. canonically, Titania can still see. She just yeah. doesn't have physical yeah. eyeballs. Ma- magic. Maybe the- Maybe she has, like, Daredevil, like blind sight, echolocation. Maybe she's got the pan labyr- pan's labyrinth that's, palm eyes. That's why she's screaming on the cover of this book. <laughs> she's echolocating. Oh hell! That is the cover of Ripples of Fate for everybody who was wondering. Oh goodness! I would assume she had the same vision that Lady J did because she lost her vision. Yeah. That's a good thought. Uh, yes, yeah. I thought about that. But super special necromancy she, vision. She lost her magic eyeballs. But the Neverborn don't Anymore. use necromancy. <laughs> oh, we know she did. Except titanium. Except, titanium. Except they do now. And Castor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was that was a pre-Titania's back rule. A pre-post-Titania. <laughs> it was actually a Lilith rule when Nikima took over. She she loosened yeah. that up too. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yep. I bent the knee to the necromancer. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Now we could we could go on to Jeff's topic. <laughs> My goes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with I think maybe the biggest plot hole so far oh. in the Ooh. lore: the Red Cage abominations. Ooh. Ooh. And also Marcus's connection to them, because that's something that I've always wanted to. That find out that more. reference I don't remember. So enlighten. So. In the story where you find out that McMorning and Miranda are cousins, when McMorning goes and wanders into the forest for a while, um, at the end of the story, Marcus is bringing Miranda to find this strange Arcanist woman who has the ability to heal herself very quickly. And oh. then they're planning to go into the red cage to figure out what's going on with the, 
for Cage Abominations. And we know that he found the girl and he captured her, but then that's all we ever get. And the next time we see him, he's up on top of a mountain hanging out a moment. And it's he's like, really like that. <laughs> he got distracted on his way to the, the red cage. You know, the bayou, the mountains, very similar in direction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, he went down there and found out something, maybe, but we don't know. And we don't really know much about the Red Cage Abominations in general. So. Here's the question. If if you found something, do you think... Do you, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I lost my, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, he 100% stitched some of it on him somewhere. <laughs> I was going to say, if he found something mm-hmm. that quickly, because I'm assuming this is like a mission thing, get in, get out kind of situation, has Wong already found it and not cared? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. He probably whatever it is, he's probably using it for like a stage. <laughs> it's holding like a, a soap. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Wong, yeah, Wong definitely has whatever plot important item exists mm-hmm. and is not doing anything with it. He just put it in the bag. As is the Bayou way. Exactly. It just drops it right on top of the three demons. Yeah, the bag is literally <laughs> screaming at him like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this with this thing, and you will rule everything. And he's like, nah. seems fake. I don't care. <laughs> this thing's heavy, though. Funk. <laughs> so, Sharuf was in the red cage, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it probably makes mm-hmm. the most sense that the, the abominations were underground are remnants of the Oa. Uh-huh. Those that didn't survive, especially because they're all part machine. So we know that they are hundreds of years old, and we know that the human parts are human and Nephilim Mm. hybrids. Ooh, okay, never mind, that gets weird. Yeah, and that's where it becomes this strange, like, it doesn't really fit in. Like, we know there's this contact between the two realms. Right, there's been minor breaches. Yeah, so there's, and we know of examples of, of hybrids from the long time ago but how did they get there what what were they doing in this pit underneath the bayou why are they raging and trying to kill ophelia and her family oh that's just proximity (laughs) they're just trying to kill everyone they're just there yeah Yeah. i have i have an answer for that i have an answer for all of it Uh, okay yeah okay so these one these actually have nothing to do with the red cage they were just unearthed by it right okay um i believe that these were part of the failed experiments titania had made to combat the tyrants i could see that Mm. and i think once she found out that these mindless murderous half robot half flesh construct things weren't going to work out she decided to just bury them underground and we do know that there is some sort of a pathway tunnel whatever connecting Malifaux and its sister city the sunken city so i think she just jammed them all in there and just tell uh, just covered up the entrance and like okay there we go we're done no one will ever find them or they'll die on their own in 100 years or whatever and then it won't <laughs> then it will cease still, to be a problem that still kind of raises the question of the whole like part human part nephilim thing if you, yeah, because they wouldn't have necessarily known about humans. So could it? Yeah. Well, if you well, if you look into the history of Malifaux pre-breach, there were random holes that would open up, and people would go back and forth. So it is entirely possible that Titania had run into yeah. a human, and she thought, 
maybe I'll make some. <laughs> this would make a perfect cyborg. <laughs> two. Okay, so two. My my thought. Oh. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought is like in the story when it says that it's part Nephilim, part human. Whose perspective is that from? That's fair. Fair. Because yeah. at that time the Fae hadn't shown up. Yep. And the Fae look an mm-hmm. awful lot like humans. I can see that. So yeah. from McMorning's perspective, he sees a bunch of things that look like bits of human on robots, and he goes, that's bits of human on robot. But it could all be Fae Reason- mm-hmm. Yeah. Reasonable take. Reasonable yep. take. I don't hate so, it. I don't, I don't think we have a good reason mm-hmm. to believe that the Fae look like humans, but we do know that the true Nephilim look just like humans. We're like... Well, at, well, at least Titania, at least the, all of the, the Autumn Knights. Yeah, the Dryads look like mm-hmm. humans. Not all of the Fae, obviously, but the Dryads at least have a human, a mostly human shape. I'd venture to guess the Dreamers yes. do, too. I don't really have any evidence behind it. It just makes sense to me. Initially, like, until they get into the Dreaming and manipulate themselves however they want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like that, Eli. And like, oh, sorry, Vic, go sorry. ahead. And, like, the, the Awa are also vaguely humanoid-shaped. Oh, no, they're, they're, so, they're, they're, heads. They're, definitely, mm-hmm. they're definitely some kind of Fae. They ears. They got pointy ears. No, they are fey. But what she was saying is that you could. I think they're humanoid. So are maybe. you talking about the? Are you talking about the abominations? Yeah. Uh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. Go to the crew builder. So, Hold on. Looking at art. Except for the one with like the split jaw, but. Yeah, they have weird pointy ears. Those are these are dryads. Hmm. These are like dryad hmm. machine fusions. Yep, these are Titania's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Eli. Uh, Very nice. More of Titania's weird creations. (laughs) As per usual, it was Titania's fault. My joke explanation was going to be that Von Stuck got his hands on a time machine and he went back in time. And this was was all a plot to impress Molly that went horribly wrong. These are his earliest students. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, weren't there... Wasn't at least one of the tyrants doing horrible experiments on the Fey? Actually, yeah, no, oh, that yeah. is also at possible. Least one. This could be this could be any Multiple. number of the tyrants, not not even just Titania. Gonna check some. Yes. it's just funny to blame it on Titania. I especially like the aspect of of the theory that she just shoved, shoved them in a under, hole. Like, oh, that, that did that no didn't work. Talk about this again. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling yeah, honestly, sorceress in your weird fire a whole obsession. Failed true Nephilim race, technically, since the true Nephilim were the creations of yeah. the tyrants. Yeah, I think that angle makes this, the most sense. This this could just be one yeah. of the like the less good ones. Yeah, I think that makes the most <laughs> sense because the, the, the true Nephilim ones. were specifically described as they look just like human yeah. when they were first created. So maybe with the tyrants made them and then started trying to hybridize them and it didn't work out. I just want to say Sticking this is around. not this is not definitive, but I want to say that it probably wasn't Titania because I don't think like the we live in the woods people would be like, what if we made a guy with four chainsaws for arms? <laughs> what if that's a good Chainsaw thing to man. Make? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> she wanted an army and she saw coming out of his head and everything. Maybe Galifo predicted chainsaw man. <laughs> I mean, you do have to cut back dead wood, Eli. Yeah, like, maybe four chainsaw hands would be really <laughs> useful. You don't know. I two in one cr- night. I need to correct myself. Um. Well, yes, the abominations have pointy ears. Those are, in fact, Leviticus's abominations. 
which share a name, sure. but they aren't necessarily the same thing. I, we do have a picture of a red cage abomination from the Bayou yeah. Book of all things. Yeah, which oh, is a little different. That's even more it freaky. Nah, we know that a bit more cyborg. Leviticus, Leviticus just salvages all the shit that he has. Like these are these are scrap things he's picked up. He didn't make these. He himself. just rolled up in he a just... rusty ass truck. He just dug them. <laughs> all right, boys, the get the truck. <laughs> I want at least eight of you. <laughs> Slams the door now. shut, puts on the rusty lock, now. and then just trundles away in the gross ass <laughs> truck. I mean, the other the explanation is that he's like sculpting people's ears to be pointy. That'd be really weird. But I mean, it's Leviticus. Yeah, not the what weirdest thing about him. It's not the third weirdest. Yeah, I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying that's the explanation. <laughs> him, be- him having a thing for elves is like the least weirdest makes- and uncomfortable thing about him. Honestly, makes a hundred percent sense. No, 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 the problem, the problem there is. Oh, you look like a child, but you're a hundred years ah, old. Fuck, oh, I yeah, hate that. Doesn't that. make too much sense. Perfect. I was yeah. gonna say elves are gonna get too old for him, but nope, never mind. Don't dab. <laughs> I will absolutely dab on Leviticus. Uh, it gives me joy. <laughs> oh man, I'm very upset that I lost this other thought I had about the red cage. Well, if you get it back, Fuck. was the thought that you had that uh, if if the Fae did want more chainsaw hands because <laughs> chainsaw hands are the one thing that the tyrants are like afraid of is that we really just need to send oh, Ash no. Williams to Malifaux. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. As a gremlin, we need like we need chainsaw. gremlin Ash Williams. I love oh, it. God, yes. yeah, we do. Oh. It's the perfect. Are we getting relic chainsaw? It's the perfect spot. Relic for chainsaw, yes, please. <laughs> the relic saw. All right, I'm just going to skip on that thought for now, and I'll come back to it if I think about it. Cool. I'm sure you'll remember. I probably it. won't. I'm very stupid. Probably, probably in the middle of saying. It'll something be else. in like three episodes from now. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> in the lore <laughs> episode. Hey. All right. Yeah. Vi- Going back to Wednesday night Vi- lore. Vic, now. I think it's you're up next. Is is it? Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You oh, are no. Next. oh no. Uh, Some of these no. questions, I swear. Some of these are like easy because we've answered them a- <laughs> we'll several times. We'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love these people. Some of them will probably love our fans. Some of them will probably r- roll into Friday it. Night Foe Down because they're a little bit more. Let's be silly. <laughs> um, let's go with what happened to Molly's boyfriend. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. No, that's a Vic question th- if I've ever heard one. I think we all knew that. <laughs> no, it's perfect. We love it. <laughs> Vickery, what happened to Molly's boyfriend, the accountant? Uh, so in my head canon, he moved out closer to the quarantine zone in a little like cottage, and he has a very nice garden now. Um, he's still an accountant, but Ooh. he does it freelance now mm. from his home. Nice. Which Seamus does not know the location of. Good. <laughs> Molly or, does, or what if Seamus does, and that's the guy he goes to see his taxes and is therefore far too valuable to kill? <laughs> like, Mo- Molly went to Seamus was like, bro, I know a guy. You cannot kill him. He's very good at this. <laughs> I honestly had to go check to see if he actually survived that that's, story before yeah, I put the yeah. question on here. I was like, did he survive an encounter with Seamus? That seems unlikely, yeah, but he, he did. He, he, he ran away at the end of that story. His two superpowers, taxes and surviving Seamus. <laughs> and blue eyes. Don't forget the blue eyes. And the blue eyes. Mm, yeah, three yes. superpowers. And his beautiful very blue nice eyes. eyes. Like Jujutsu Kaisen <laughs> level blue eyes. That is blue. <laughs> I do love okay. that story. It just he and, he and Molly correspond. They send letters back and forth. Oh. I remembered my red cage question, but we'll go back to it after this. <laughs> 
Write it down. Write it down. down. Write it down. <laughs> so someone remind me of that. Stolik. Can we give a quick pre uh, overview of that story real quick? Because I keep rem- forgetting um, that some people don't know this lore stuff. It was, I believe, shortly after Molly gained her independence yeah. from Seamus. And she was just mooning over this accountant guy because he was cute and he had the nice eyes. And somehow or another, Seamus found out. Because he's and, stalking her. Um, got, like, super jealous and all that shit. And he tried to sick his bells on her and she just said no. Because um, they like her better. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's exactly what she said. Where she was like, much, "Why yeah. are they? I, why are they listening to you? I they like she, me better." Um, I think she actually told them that he yeah. was in danger, and they had to get rid. Like they had to take him away from there, and they were like, "All right, sounds like right. Plan us. You're, you're one, one of us, us, I guess. <laughs> you're like the lieutenant, so cool. Good night. Yeah, take that word for it. Yeah, and it was this whole it was this whole build up too because he was doing a like a bank robbery mm-hmm. job. And she was supposed to show up and like help out, and she didn't. And she all didn't, went and instead went up. to go stalk her boyfriend. Oh, wait, was that the yeah. chorus line yeah. thing? No, I think that was a different a story. different bank robbery. No, was I think the- it w- <laughs> I think that was the chorus <laughs> line story. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Iconic. It's been a while since I read the whole thing, but I think so. <laughs> I just, okay, so like, but the punchline is she really liked this guy, and then uh, she, I guess, saves him from Seamus at the end. So my shocking. My understanding of. Molly's independence, like that's because, like, like the Rezzer gets control of everything they resurrect. So Seamus has complete mm-hmm. control over her, but she resurrects him, which kind of gives her that like something, something equals Gorgon's out the equation. Tear. Well, he originally used the Gorgon's tear as part of right, Molly's yeah. resurrection, so something, something hand wavy magic with the Gorgon's yeah. tear. So she still has her. Right. Faculties. Well, so that's why she—that's why she maintained her faculties mm-hmm. the first time. But then she died again, and then got resurrected just by the Gorgons here in McMorning's lab. Oh, yeah. And that's why now she's just kind of independent. And that, actually, I think this story was the first time she yeah. realizes that she can disobey him because hmm. normally, if you get raised by a necromancer, you have to do what they say. She died again. I didn't. I missed that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she dies at she dies in the museum, mm-hmm. and then Seamus ro- steals yeah. her from her funeral. And then raises her, well, raises her at the funeral. She then dies when they're fighting over yep. Philip, Philip's mm-hmm. head and uh, journal in okay. the graveyard. She gets left in the in the grave and then gets taken to the morgue. And Seamus gives McMorning the Gorgon's Tear and that machine to raise her. But the machine doesn't raise her. The Gorgon's Tear does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of does it independently. Uh, like so that all ha- yeah, that all happens like the first book. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep track of because it happens so fast so long <laughs> yeah and actually the first couple of chapters of that are from weird chronicles before the yep. first book even came out yeah that was a chronicle like funeral, i think was yep it was mm-hmm. easy to miss we, t- we talked about that one on an episode yeah okay um my theory is more sad <laughs> good go Aww. on give us the sad <laughs> theory give us the sad theory okay Aww. um remind me did does does did accountant boy ever know who molly was I think she kept yeah. the distance the entire story, but I, I think towards the end he figured out that she had been following him, but he never. Okay. So she. It's just like yeah. scary zombie lady has been stalking me. So she keeps Ugh. she keeps her distance this entire relationship, just just fawning over him, but you know not approaching him because obviously the guy's probably not going to be excited for the undead lady we already 
maybe saw his reaction to that. But then she finds out that he has a mysterious disease and is slowly dying. <laughs> and the only, yeah, and the only way that he could possibly be cured is if he went Earthside to get treatment at like an actual not shitty medical facility. But he can't afford tickets back Earthside. So Molly probably has some sort of zombie equivalent of a lemonade stand to raise money. <laughs> Archie's and, ice cream stand. And, and anonymously donates, gives him the tickets he needs to go back Earthside. So he's Earthside, and he's probably okay, but he's probably not coming back. Just right on Malifaux Hallmark I movie. saw Seamus yeah. one time. I'm not going back there. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, that's very reasonable, I mean, honestly. Are you going to test your luck? True. You survived Seamus once. Like, you survived Malifaux once. You survived Seamus <laughs> just write a book. And you're a normie. <laughs> write a book and live off the royalties. He should be recognizable. His his uh, mugshot is all over the city. So there's a chance he actually knew he survived mm-hmm. an oh, encounter yeah, with me. Sure. He wrote a book. Awful. He wrote a no book good. and he's living off the royalties. Yep. Honestly, I like that any better. I honestly feel <laughs> yeah. like Seamus wears a name tag and the off chance people don't recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> Which just further makes the Sebastian Baker idea even more just okay. That's why he looks so different. Uh huh. So very. He took the name tag off. Kind of melted his face a little bit. I look exactly like Seamus, but you don't wear a hat, so you obviously you're not him. My bad. Seamus always wears the hat. The only other thing I can think of with that is like Jim Carrey level of of yeah. like facial expression change. Absolutely rubber like, face. Just, Entirely become I mean, the look at Grinch. That grin on the normal model, like that, that dude. Yeah. That, get, that dude has a rubbery face. Some of the art he's got. Too, yeah. He's got access yeah, he to, to McMorning, and McMorning can give him Botox to yeah. relax his face enough. He could also just staple a brand new face on there. Yeah, McMorning can just do full on facial reconstruction. Take your face off. Cydric comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial. Like he did last file. Say what you will, he did great work on Sonya. You know, yeah, yeah. that's a factual. That's when he's true. being professional, he, he does his. I refuse to say anything nice about Sonya, so I will not agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not complimenting Sonya. We're complimenting McMorning's handiwork. Yeah. He's too close. Still one's not. a sociopath, <laughs> and one's just to slay the crazy doctor. <laughs> Listen, she's a monster, but she's hot. <laughs> But if evil, okay, why hot? Monica, Jesus. <laughs> Damn. Nate was Monica the whole time. Just peels <laughs> off the mask. Oh, that'd be a reveal. Did you morning yeah. get you out? <laughs> there it is. So, first up, I would like to point out that I didn't curate this list very well, because we have... Two questions, number 22, nameless question Yeah, I love mark? that one. And then number 38, Gretchen is nameless. Uh, that's not going to be mine, though, because we've been over that a billion times. Yeah, that's already your theory that you've yeah. beaten death. Yeah. With several uh, hammers. Uh-huh. Ah. And evidence. Actual evidence. Okay. Anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the one thing that sort of spurred this on. It's like, hey, I want to talk about this. How are you going to formulate an episode around it? Um... <laughs> And that is the explanation behind Johan and Johanna. Um, for those of, that don't know, the Johan model has an alt, Johanna, and unlike most of the other alts, it is canon that they are the same person. Um, initially Johan, now Johanna. 
and the only explanation they really gave was the kind of lame joke of, oh, I don't want to talk about it, like a ha-ha-ha, a guy became a girl and is now mildly embarrassed over the fact that stuff from old weird that we are glad they've moved past since then. And I want to just kind of take that and say, no, we're, we're changing the lore here. Uh, first up, we know that all the relic hammers have some sort of cost about them to use them. The only one we know of for sure is that um, Taylor has to be like defending people for her relic hammer to like activate or whatever. Guys, I don't know. I feel like a hammer is still going to be a pretty good hammer, whether or not it's turned on. <laughs> um, but still. <laughs> Well, when they're when they're activated, they have the ability to like destroy things on the molecular level. So okay. It's, it has, maybe maybe when she's it has a maybe when she's not using it properly, it turns into a squeaky like inflatable <laughs> hammer. It has it has she like hits a malleful rat with it. And it's like <laughs> it has a vibrate setting. You are um, always you are always yeah, defending yeah. somebody if you're killing malifaux rats. It's also true. facts. Fair, even if that's yourself. But I had this theory, so this is actually a, a wider theory. This is answering Johan question and uh, several things that, in fact, the hammer actually gives you something you actually needed. For Terra, I think it was fo- like a focus, a purpose, because before that she was just kind of a mercenary that drank a lot and didn't really have a lot of motivation behind her. But now, like having to defend people to use this object that you know she got in this gambling situation where she almost died has given her new perspective on life and given her a goal. I would like to think that Johan was actually wanting to be a woman. I think we should canonize Johanna as trans and say that this is something Johan wanted. Perhaps even why Johan came to Malifaux in the first place, because magic might be able to make this sort of thing happen. And upon getting the relic hammer, it, it changed Johan to Johanna, and Johanna is incredibly happy about this sort of situation, but possibly might not know how to explain it to other people, which is why we get the I don't want to talk about it sort of explanation, because she doesn't know how to properly express what happened to her. So I figure we just canonized Johanna's trans. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's canon now. Either that or either that or magically magically gender fluid. Ooh. Because Johan yeah. still has modern entries, so what if what if they can switch however they choose to I'm, be? I'm okay with or that. Or the cost of the hammer is a magical girl transformation. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Johanna, which still fits. I'm okay with that, but I and he's they are a pirate. But I, I genuinely believe Weird can yeah. be a spearhead for inclusionary characters in their game. Especially with how bad a lot of other miniature games companies are, and I think they just need to keep moving forward with that. We're slowly getting more and more inclusive characters out of them, so let's just yeah. do this. I mean, come on, it's it's that easy. You don't have to do a whole lot. Jonathan Weird, I hundred percent agree. Any any other thoughts? I, get, I guess you guys already gave your thoughts here. No, Although, wait, where is Johanna believe- actually shown to be canon? I actually wasn't aware of that. I don't remember where it was, but I think everyone just sort of vaguely recalls there being some explanation behind it. It was one of the first alts, so I think they were initially thinking that all the alts had to have some sort of even minor lore behind them. Mm. 
Yeah, it was probably a crime. Let me see if I can do that but, up. Yeah, please. I mean, if it turns out to not be true, whoops, but also, like, we're still going forward with this. That's it's Well, it's canon, canon now it's because canon we now. said it. The <laughs> only thing is that yeah, said the it, only thing it hasn't been disputed. is that uh, Johanna really needs a bigger hammer. Yeah. Like, it's true. Johan- the, the, the portrayals of the relic hammers have been very inconsistent over the years. Well, I mean, they, can, while back they can all be completely different forms. They are different hammers for, I mean, I initially yeah. thought they were different hammers for different tyrants, but that can't be true now and then and then. My more complaint was like, like Johanna and Miss Step are two old models. Were like, it's a female version, so it has to be smaller and more demure. And eh, fuck that, bigger hammer. Yeah, especially but, if we go with the anime girl <laughs> transformation. Like that hammer should have anything Rose get that bigger shit. and more. Ridiculous. Honestly, yeah, I would, I would love a yeah. <laughs> modern re- retake on Johanna of all of all models of all the past models. I would love to see. I'd love to see a redo of, of Johanna. I mean, that sculpt guts has. A really lovely pose for how minimal it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. My, Give her my a bigger idea. <laughs> Trans icon, iconic Johanna. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hey, they're doing non-masters. That's it's on the table. Let's go. Cool. Oh yeah, they are. Let's. Oh, that opens go. that up. That's another topic for Friday Night Photo. Anyways, I figure we can wrap back around and do another round at least. Oh yeah, they revealed Archie. I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. My brain took a and, second. Uh, and Carver, Carver? catch up and Carver. A hand carver, and shit. Mako, yeah, fuck. Like Mako guy. Joe. Mako Joe. You know, Malifaux model, yet yeah, Mako Joe. That's, that's a whole that's a whole separate yeah. That's the one thing I am moderately disappointed that they didn't do like a, a small Mako Joe. Yeah, what? something we could have put on the board. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Both for both for Vagrant what? Song and for like as like an alt for Malifaux. I anything, honestly. Like I I would have taken anything. It'd been Lamplighter. Great. Oh yeah, Monos. Oh yeah, it's Monos. I was just thinking, first person that came to mind with a lamp. Yeah, lantern souls. Like any, any, any non. Uh, Sonya one. Uh, low hit <laughs> lantern souls. Reva two. Oh yeah, just la- lantern yeah. squad. Yep. All right. Um, Archie really just decided to rip that guy in half the wrong back way. Up to Nate? Um, yeah, we're back up to Nate. Oh shit. Um. Shoot. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I like this one. Oh boy. <laughs> Is the McMorning family actually more disappointed in Douglas or Miranda? Ooh, oh, that's good. Uh, that's a that's all that's a deep question. <laughs> how how old is Miranda? Yeah. That's a good question Question also. She was a college student. A literal baby, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Probably, they're they're probably more disappointed in Miranda, and probably not for fair reasons. Yeah, that was my thought process. Because even though though Doug did become a, like, necromancy terrorist, at least he got his degree. Right, but this is the early 1900s. Like, what if the entire McMorning family... Right, but like, what if the entire McMorning family was like, "Oh, she went to college and she found a man." That's all she's expected to do. Oh, yeah, that could uh, be. The bar be is true. lower. They're not married. Ah. <laughs> they're they're pair. They're bonded. not married. Fair, fair. She is living she in sin. To, that's true. She goes. Also, he's a person. Of <laughs> she color. goes to the yeah. family Although reunion. Is Hello, this that. is my I mate. Mean, slavery Marcus. was a thing until recently. Right, but she's also not American. Assuming she's of. McMorning's family. She's not an American, so 
It's a it's a deep question. There's a lot of a lot of angles you could go with this. According to Accent McMorning, it's Scottish and yeah, yeah. yeah Seamus is Irish. Yeah, mm-hmm. I okay. believe that. I believe that is correct. So, just in general, I feel like it's probably harder for Miranda to to achieve the approval of her of her family than it is for Doug. Given the given the nature of the times and and I such, mean, I was- so that that would be my answer. He got fired from his job for murdering people. He's still yeah, a doctor. Like, he's still, you know. <laughs> I know. You, don't understand. you don't understand. Boys will be boys. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, boys will be boys. He's just a he's silly just guy. He's just a silly guy doing silly <laughs> he's little He's just crimes. a silly little guy. I, th- I honestly think like a little- it's split on the family depending on sort of political mm. leanings slash beliefs. Like, Rusty yeah. old super conservative grandpa's like, well, M- Douglas has a degree and a doctorate. He's very successful. I'm sure he's off a few people, but so is Miranda. Still, they weren't important people. I do, I do love the idea that this is like the McMorning family get together and like all the old old grandparents and aunties and uncles start arguing about their favorite their favorite you know niece or nephew. Dougie or Dougie or Miranda. Yeah, there, there was one hundred percent like a, a. She ran off with that wild Marcus man, and we haven't seen her since. Yeah. She became a real animal. Yeah, there is one hundred percent like the the Scottish equivalent of a vodka ant, so like a, a Scotch ant, I guess. Yeah. Um, who Miranda is her pride and joy. Oh, yeah, her favorite. And she's had like. Yeah, she's had like three husbands that have just mis- disappeared over <laughs> mysterious circumstances. She's like, nah, Miranda's got it. She's she's doing everything right. You know all that business with that Lord Cooper guy. Well, fuck him, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't abide by I lords never liked, around here. <laughs> I never liked Justin oh, anyway. Oh, Justin, <laughs> no one does. I no one does. <laughs> but I like him for reasons. <laughs> so. I feel like we also need to, since we have this like completely left field relationship, like there doesn't seem to be any particular reason why McMorning and Miranda are related. As far as yeah, I can just tell, because. it's weird. just like okay, they're they're related, I guess. So why don't we it, just? It seems like I think they wanted to tie together the uh, Oxford professors. Yeah, Wh- yeah. It seems like they wanted to have McMorning Which and Marcus have McMorning and Marcus, probably the British one. Given oh, which okay. Given McMorning's okay. heritage, okay, all right, because because the because the the, the Oxford usually referenced in Malifaux is the Mississippi one. Huh? Oh, really? I guess it could be. Yes, that's where the university is. Oh shit! Yeah, I guess it would be that one then. But I think someone at some point mentioned the fact that there is, in fact, an English Oxford. Yeah, college there's, as well. there's two Oxfords. <laughs> God damn it! I guess um, it would technically be the Mississippi one, which would be very interesting to see. <laughs> McMorning <laughs> and Marcus. How would and I believe wasn't Von Stuckham an Oxford professor? Uh, no, uh, Hannah was. Hannah was uh, worked there. Hannah I think. and and Anna. Stuck Hannah was and a Anna. professor. I don't. I don't know. I thought Von, I thought Von Stuck was also related to Oxford at some point. Maybe everyone everyone's gone to Oxford. Oxford is how, the McMorning yeah. of <laughs> how though. If I mean, given that we we saw Marcus. In Malifaux, before Tony got slavery ended in America, I don't think he would be a professor in America. Well, it wasn't slavery ended; it was just suffrage. Yeah, was oh okay. We don't know when slavery yeah, ended, but specifically slavery. Theoretically, a couple okay. decades before. But also, Marcus I mean, is an American. Marcus uh, Egyptian is from Africa. He's I Egyptian. 
Have they actually said that? Yeah, because they were talking about the sub-factions in TOS and Marcus's right. uh, sub-faction yeah. was specifically from Egypt. Yeah, but he also, he taught in, I think, Germany, somewhere in North Africa, they don't say, but maybe Egypt. And yeah. I think he's Scott a prolific was, professor type. He probably taught at Abyssinia, why not? That'd be cool. Yeah. And and even when slavery was a thing and was legal, there were black people that weren't slaves. I mean, sure, um, but like to put them at the head of a classroom seems like a stretch in, in a university. In Mississippi. Okay, fair. In, in Mississippi, Mississippi. Yeah, fair. I, you, you know what? I could totally see him just bamboozling the, the fucking dumbass yokels be like, no, I'm, I'm Egyptian. And then it'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're Doesn't Egyptian. Like my my bad. <laughs> That's not African at all. <laughs> I do. That's good. I do love the idea of like, like pre pre even like that professorship, like Marcus McMorning and Von Stuck, like as like dorm mates at, yes. at, at Oxford. Oh, this mental image of like oh, a no. very chaotic. Every character in Malifaux who's been to Oxford was dorm mates. Yeah, no that that just gave oh, me God, like big uh, uh, flashback episodes of the Venture Bros vibes. I mean, like, just, all the weirdos. They were all roommates? What? To be fair, Von, yeah. Von Stuck was a perfectly normal guy until he went to Malifaux and looked at so the stars. So were pretty much everyone. <laughs> they were all relatively normal uh, until they decided to go to the weird other world. I wonder. I'm pretty sure McMorning had some weird ideas um, that they kind of talked about regarding yeah, immortality. He, he was like. Before he came to Malifaux. Malifaux yeah, just he was seed. He's, he's very much like a Herbert West kind of character. Very, very, almost very directly Herbert West. And I feel like Marcus probably had some sort of, like, improving my body yeah, yeah, through... They all, had, they all had weird ideologies. Malifaux just gave them access to the tools to actually act on that. Marcus yeah. explicitly started that before he came to Malifaux. He came to Malifaux to find the yeah. weirder animals. <laughs> and more magic. Yeah. How can I be even weirder? So, oh, this cat has three heads? <laughs> I... Before we move on, I just want to go cycle back to the idea of just random McMorning family members in Malifaux, and I think we just really need to canonize McCabe and McTavish into this family as other <laughs> other, as other cousins as other members that they're just very disappointed in. <laughs> well, Imagine McCabe being is... the grandfather that has to like deal with all of these horrible grandkids. Oh no! Oh yeah. I mean, McCabe, McCabe was from London originally, right? So, like, yeah. he's like a, a Scottish moved south. Oof. That's the worst. Yeah. And McTavish, I mean, who knows how far gone they are. The McTavish branch of the of the McMorning family. <laughs> I think that's it's all the... They live in the swamps. That's all the factions covered yeah. except for outcasts, I think. Because McMorning was formerly a guild. Moran is now hanging out with Marcus and Neverborn Marcus as well Neverborn. as Arcanists. You got Bayou, you got Ten Thunders, and you got Explorers. Yeah, we need we need to adopt someone from. Yeah, okay. All right. Oh no, never mind. I had, we I had we don't know Johan's last name. Mickey Johan. Fair. <laughs> it's greedy. 
It is McCready. It, it, it is McCready. Yeah, McCready. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Johan McCready. <laughs> no, no, he's part of the. He's go. part of the grander McMorning uh, no. no, cinematic just, universe. <laughs> it's just Creedy, so we're we're changing it to McCready, which we're, actually sounds. Oh a lot no, better. that is definitely like a a changed immigrant name. Yeah. Yeah. I Anglicanized it. Yep. Dropped the Mick. Okay. Eli. 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 I had one. Oh. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I'll use that one. And then I lost drink. I don't believe so. Was it number 20? I don't think any of us have a good answer for that. (laughs) He's the literal devil. Like, Mm. he's Satan. Actual Satan. Shia LaBeouf. Actually Satan. (laughs) Oh, hell. Oh, uh, uh, 39. What's the Black Dragon doing, and why hasn't either half sought out the other? I mean, we kind of know what the Black Dragon's doing, in that they're teaching uh, gremlins necromancy of a very strange variety. True. Like, physical spirit, which is cool. Um, for the lulls, I kind of feel like Nate. they're doing. No, what, I agree. I was just addressing the question. I kind of <laughs> feel like they're doing that as a, a just like what the other dragon is doing. They're they just happen to choose monks instead of gremlins because that was what was available. They're building a <laughs> cult around themselves. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely amassing um, gremlin followers, gremlin necromancer followers. Uh, and as to why they haven't sought each other out, I honestly think they're scared. Um, yeah, that, that's probably draw too much attention to themselves if they mm. recombine. Too much attention. Uh, I don't think they want to recombine. Is the thing I think they have become their own individual personalities, and they are like, if I go touch that one, what if I stop being me? What if they? What if they're the one that takes over? Having an existential crisis. Yeah, Tyrant absolutely. Yeah, kind of the opposite of Fortune, where they're they just... were specifically working together with exactly. each of their own. Yep. Aspects. But Fortune kind of had time to plan that out. Dragon just sort of like, I'm mm-hmm. doing this to not get killed right now. Split. Um, we'll deal with it later, and then now we're not yep. dealing yeah. with it. We'll just put that in a box for later. No, that's where all the other tyrants are going. I, mean, t- I just want to call out that this question assumes that the Black Dragon in the Bayou is half of the Dragon the Tyrant, which fair, not I mean, necessarily true, but I know who wrote the question. So I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. We said it, it's canon. <laughs> every every arrow is pointing to this is the other half. I'm gonna laugh they just they, they've got flashing neon signs at this point. I'm gonna laugh they pull some yeah. other dragon out. This is the other and half. I mean <laughs> blue dragon. I think realistically, like this one's just been taking a nap the whole time. This is actually the other half. It's, it's kind of set up as like a yin yang kind of thing. So like I, yeah, they, it's almost like a magnet where, like, now that they're apart, they don't feel like they're kind of repulsed from each other at this point. It almost feels like. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like, if somehow, some way, they managed to, like, get jammed back together, they'd be stuck together and, un, you know. So, what you're saying is to, back get the, to, normal. to get them back together, we need to hold Shenlong upside down. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we <just go laughs> stick Shenlong's butt to the black dragon lady who's in the bayou. And they'll stick together like a magnet. That's how it works. Okay, so that's science. <laughs> Finally answering the question of magnets, how do they work? By dragons. Dragon magnets. 
Monk butts and dragon Monk knights. Butts. Monk butts. I thank you for picking that question. I put that on there, and I kind of came to sort of the same conclusion you did. So it's great seeing us all having the hive mind going on. <clears throat> um, but yeah, going off of Nate's and slightly taking a card from Jackie Chan Adventures, they always do that. Do not like each other at all anymore, and they've yep. they're both. I feel like Dragon didn't just like split himself in half he split his personality in half yep. yeah and so at this yeah, point imagine splitting your personality into two parts into neither of those parts like each other into like mm-hmm. milk milk toasts coward jackie chan and leather jacket wearing badass jackie chan i'm only one part and i already don't <laughs> like it i feel like the black dragon has a bit of animosity towards its other half because that's the one who ran away like a fucking coward mm. yep <laughs> Mm-hmm. And again, one of them is hanging out with monks in a, in like temples and in and shrines and shit. The other one is like just hanging out with gremlins. Like they have very different profiles. Yeah, one and take that a step. Take that from another angle. The one hanging out with monks is all about like Control. physical and spiritual perfection. The one hanging out with yeah. gremlins is all about Ghosts hey, and shit. here's some dead stuff. Let's make it live again. Right, and also very clearly like spreading this magic to yeah. the other gremlins, whereas the dragon in, is, in Tibet is like, yeah, it's all mine. This yeah. is mine. I'm hiding yeah. Yeah. Control here. Control all this power is mine. Spreading growth. Yep, Gremlin it's very, chaos. it's very, it's very yin and yang. So I think the easy answer is that's not the other half of the dragon, but I know that's not the fun <laughs> answer. So no, <laughs> it obviously is. And she's going to be a model. I'm just saying that to piss off Stormlord if you actually listen to this, because I know he's the one that submitted that question. So, Yep. <laughs> um, as far as the dragon recombining, as it were, um, the Burning Man is also a factor. Yeah. We don't know what the Burning Man is going to do if another tyrant rears <gasps> his head. Fight. Did you fight? <laughs> and it's entirely possible the dragon doesn't know yeah. either, and they're not willing to take that zero risk. interest in that fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. God, I want miss black me dragon with that. <laughs> well, here's the thing: there's a rule that says that nothing in the bio can be plot relevant, so that's the other reason. You haven't even heard the last episode yet. <laughs> I'm so upset. Who says just Hey, Zip is very plot relevant. Black Dragon is in the bayou doesn't mean it's going to be a bayou model. It could be like Outcast and therefore not. plot relevant. No, True. they'll steal True. it from the Ten Thunders because they're bastards. No. It'll be Rezzers. No, you don't Rezzers. understand. Or the Rezzers. most important plot. The most important plot. Zip and Parker's love no, story. I agreed. 100%. That is, <laughs> it's all that is, that is 100% book. the best thing that came out of Madness of Mouth. I don't know why Parker's pretending that he doesn't Let them kiss. be reunited with, with his lover Zip, but needs yeah, to be He doesn't understand what's driving his need for vengeance and justice. It's the fact, the injustice of not being with his boyfriend Zip. Mm-hmm. Let them kiss. <laughs> he, he never got that. Down. I can. Yeah, he, he never got that Titanic, uh, I'm on top of the world at the prow of the infamous <laughs> moment and he needs that <laughs> i'm just imagining size one gremlin zip trying to hold partner in the prow with, with his jetpack he'll be able to do it 100%. setting fire to the prow of the ship. i love them both 
<laughs> They're both good. They're both goblins. Zip just or Parker just doesn't know it. No, Parker knows. Deep down, he knows. He's in denial. He's been two gremlins in a trench coat this entire time. Parker and Barrows. No one knew. <laughs> what does that say for his sister? Okay, Pearl and Musgrove. <laughs> Pearl and Musgrove. It's an entire family of of gremlins dedicated to pretending to be humans. Musgrove is such a gremlin name. I'll be, My all God. right, I'll be back. I'm gonna go paint Pearl green. Yeah. <laughs> You can't leave in the middle of the podcast yeah. to do I can that. do it while recording. <laughs> oh, my face. Roman, you're oh, next. God. Oh, that's me. Okay. Um, yep. All right. I'm going to stick with our, our Bayou theme here and go with what really is the three demon bag? Oh, no. Yep. So I have two answers. One is funny. One is not. Um, the three demon bag, I think is, and this is the not funny answer. I, I think honestly, this is what happened when, from the first breach, somebody left a bag of Chinese food and Oni got into it. This is the not it, funny answer. This is the not this funny is the answer. Not funny. Very serious um, over here. <laughs> it is. It is. And essentially you had enough of the Neverworn pick it up and be like, what the hell is this? And they added... Seasoning and oh no, oops, this is a ritual now, and poof, you made Oni. They added too much MSG. <laughs> yep. Yep. <sighs> just um, pour that shit in there. Yeah. The funny answer is this is several decades early, but it, it, it's a bag that is holding three powerful, somewhat probably malevolent creature spirits <laughs> of great power. It's holding. The Warner Brothers and their sister Dot. It's, it's been, it's been a so minute. is Animaniacs officially an anime then? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Water it's right tower. in the name. Uh. So, and here's my actual serious answer, <clears throat> since Roman's out here just making jokes for me. What if the Three Demon Bag is like a like a micro breach mm. to the beyond? Portal, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. Entirely contained Entirely within a bag. Entirely within a bag. Well, there's portals in the new book. It? We know there's a handful of portals that are out there, and we don't know where most of them are. So that's yeah. totally possible. Like he just has like a micro portal to this like these three demons who have this like smite like small like corner of the beyond where they like can like peer. It's like a window. They can't actually get out, but they can be like, <laughs> "Hey, hey, guy, go talk to go t- go talk to go talk to the summoner." Oh, summoner? No, no, the, the summoner. God. Oh, God. oh, this fucking guy's useless. God fucking damn it. Yeah, no, I, I really like that, honestly. That's yeah. that's essentially a, a small yeah. travel version like, of Kythera. Like, pull, like yeah. somehow he's managed to like figure out how to like and they've probably taught him how to like pull energy out of it and like power out of it, but like never anything substantial, just enough to like do Wong stuff. No, they're trying desperately to teach him how to do something substantial, but he has no yeah. interest because yep. he's Wong. Yeah. The coolest thing they've made him do is fuse pigs and gremlins into swankers. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty he cool. pretty much, yeah, no, it's the coolest thing in Malifaux. <laughs> so, like, he figured he pretty much, he's capped out at that point. Like, he made, it also, like, helped him make a potion to make, like, one gremlin very, very big. And pyrotechnics yeah. powers. And, and fireworks. So like, really, that's all you need. Got it. You know the most important yeah, powers. He's covered it. He's covered mm-hmm. all the bases. 
What else do you need out of a bag? So by <laughs> by summoner, are they referring to Asami? Yes. Okay. Implied. Mm-hmm. Implied, but yes. And then Wong misinterpreted as, oh, Somer, I know that guy. And then he goes get drunk goes and gets drunk with Somer on the lake for a weekend. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> Wong's the best. <laughs> Homeboy's just hanging out in the red cage, just like chilling. Because it sounds nice. To to go along with your like they're trapped in the bag thing, that could make sense that they think like being near Asami and um Amanjaku, they might have a way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that. Like combine uh, I not even I don't necessarily think they're trapped in there. I think they're trying to use that as like a voice a mouthpiece to like, hey, this is this is, you know, if you do this, you will become very powerful. And obviously that's a lie, and they want to like get to Asami so she can have the bag and start, you know, adding her power to their will. But Wong's just too Wong to understand that. Yeah, I mean, we know that they, in order to come through from the beyond, they either need to have a huge source of power or they need to take, like, possess somebody. So that's probably what their long-term plan is, is to find a way to uh, to yeah. possess mm-hmm. someone. But I actually really like that idea <laughs> that, that, that there's actually a, a portal in there, not actually 3D. It's just a micro-breach. Talking through yeah. it, yeah. Makes sense. I have a, a serious answer. Like, a Serious, serious answer? Does it involve Chinese food? <clears throat> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It should. Can it at least involve crab rangoons? So, we know that <laughs> the concept of demons, ghosts, oni, whatever, exists in this world, and that they're e- as easily accessible in Malfos they are Earthside. And we also know there's not a whole lot of qualifications needed to be a tyrant. So I, th- <laughs> I think the three demons were something along the lines of what the Hungry Darkness was, is that they were a, an aspiring tyrant, but they got caught and they got shoved inside of a bag, and that's <laughs> sort of why, uh, <laughs> it's sort of why that, that Huggy is just very, very cautious about gaining powers. Like, oh, we have an example of the, the three demons... Chad, Chad with two D's and Mitch. <laughs> Their um, name is Yakko, Wacko, is and Ed, Dots. Ed, Ed, we covered this. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that, Nate. So, I think their way of getting out of the bag and, you know, wreaking havoc on Malifa has something to do with Asami, and that's why they're trying to get to Asami, and they fucking can't, because gremlins are very, very bad at being influenced. So, so if I'm kind of understanding this correctly, the idea here is that, like, the bag itself is kind of like combining kind of our ideas of it is a prison into the beyond for a being that wanted to be a tyrant or beings that wanted to be a tyrant because mm-hmm. they're connected to the beyond in some way or another yeah. with the Oni. Okay. Cause, cool. cause they're Oni. Yeah, I, like I, I figured I they're, they are Oni that manifested in Malifaux back in the day right. and then gained a power. Cause yeah. why can't they, or they were, tyrants? or they were fey beings that accessed the beyond. And kind of became Oni Fey, essentially. Hmm. I like that. And then were banished to the realm that they were dicking around with. The bad. Yeah, like the Phantom Zone. Like the Phantom Zone. Titania's done good things. (laughs) To Shadow Realm. Titania, doer of one good thing. Yeah, I'm surprised with all of us constantly referencing Yu-Gi-Oh! No one ever made a Blue-Eyes White Dragon joke in the last topic. Oh, that's the third dragon. (laughs) (laughs) 
moving. Shenlong is legally not allowed to have blue eyes. Moving, moving on. <laughs> who's, who's I'm going to say that the theory... The accountant, the accountant is the blue eyes white dragon. Oh, um, there it is. Yeah. That's it. perfect. <laughs> he comes back later as the other half of the dragon, because as we all know, gremlins can't have plot relevance. Right. I'm going to say that it's the Fae trapped in the bag, and the Fae is actually trying to escape to the beyond, because that seems preferable to hanging out with Wong all day. Yep, reasonable. <laughs> Take me to the summoner. Anything is better than you. <laughs> Take me to the summoner you so she can finally banish me from this plane of existence. racist character. <laughs> What's with the mustache? So it's an even worse <laughs> Molly Philip relationship with these two. Just let me die. Yep. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> just close the bag. Throw me in the swamp. I don't care. That's another character to end up at the bar with Earl and uh, the Doc and yes. Earl. Doc. Just the bag is. next to them. The bag on a stool. <laughs> All the depressed characters who need a drink. Occasionally, someone will just pour a shot glass into the bag. Into bag yeah. Three shots. I say, it's three of us. Make it a triple. <laughs> Are the three demons a polycule? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yes. Well, it could also Duh. be a server okay. situation. Hang on. New, new, oh, no, 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 new, one being three heads. New idea there. Also, that does not preclude polycule-ness yeah, yeah, yeah. if there the are three, three separate, separate sentient uh, beings in one body. Consciousnesses. Yeah. But really, that just means that the three demon bag is just the three demons yeah. fuck your Moving it, Jeff, I mean, yeah, Jeff, okay. please change the no, subject, I want to hear more Jeff, about please. the fuck yet, actually. No! Can we talk about <laughs> Good, this? Great. Can we elaborate the on, the, on the lore of Let's, the fuck uh... <laughs> Welcome to Cannon the Alpha no, Board Authority. Cannon. No, specifically the three demons fuck yet. We're moving past the victorious <laughs> fuck yet. And now... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they rolled it fuck. into a ditch, and they haven't been able to get it out since. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, I'm up. Well, the tiny little chicken legs. Right. Don't drink in yurt, folks. <laughs> Don't drink in yurt. Well, I feel like the problem there is they, they got the yurt to fall into a ditch near a renaissance fair, and now everybody keeps coming by for turkey legs. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Mr. Dice, your topic. Oh, I don't want to change the subject to something so serious now. Right. Well, you could pick a very silly topic if you not wanted. Yet, Why give us Lenny's on the list, I was, was going to take a not serious one, but I kind of want to talk about ampersand. Do it. Like Ooh, no yeah. Let's do it. No, I love ampersand. it. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring What's it. What's up with the ampersand, um, y'all? What do we canonically know about ampersand? Kind of nothing. We know where it is. Okay. I know there's like one story about it. I, it I, is a town, a town of constructs. I was just gonna say it's a, it's a, it's a little town where a bunch of like disaffected constructs go when they decide they're sick of being slaves and they run away to this town called Ampersand, and that's kind of all we know about it. Which, no. which I, uh, besides Bayou, is probably like my second favorite concept in Malifaux is just Droid City. I think it's great, and I really wish they would do more <laughs> with it. And every time a book yeah, comes they, out, I'm like, they get something about Ampersand. Absolutely elaborate on Ampersand. I actually don't think it even shows up on the maps anymore, which is sad. I think it, I know it did in, um, did it not in the, the global event? Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. It was there. I Roman, think that was a while ago, but I think it did. Yeah. It was it was it was there. It was like a blip on the map. Nothing ever really came of it, but it was there. But yeah, again, conceptually, great. I oh, to be, love it. To be fair, almost all the lore has been centered around Malifa City lately, and nothing in the Northern Hills has really been going on, so Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, stuff has been going on. We just don't know about it. Yeah. Raspy's eating people. Can't stop her. It did show it. It was a section in the global, like, take yeah. your territory thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's right between More Slate Ridge and Northern Notwoods. That was fun. Second edition. Yeah, I, I missed that. Up through the breach. Yeah, like I just 1. looked at that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's on that map, so. They haven't forgotten about it. It hasn't gone away. It still exists. Yeah. But the idea... Ampersand is still strong and going. The idea is that the guild doesn't know where it is, and they're desperately trying to find it, because a lot of the constructs that go there were former guild, let's say, employees. Yeah. are not Which happy with mm-hmm. it. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Like, I feel like Hoffman actively ignores it. Yeah. 100%. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. Hoffman... I, I feel Hoffman like... I feel like he, yeah, yeah, it keeps getting like a file keeps getting dropped on Hoffman's desk. Like, hey, find Ampersand, like, arrest sure. all of these robots yeah. who have declared freedom. And he's like, "That's that, all right. Eh. That's a bit fucked up. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll do a lot of stuff for the guild. Well, I'm I not go there and play poker. doing that. <laughs> I will play poker with the robots, though." <laughs> Hoffman goes to the yeah. Ampersand. Charles oh, Hoffman nice. has way too many friends there. Charles, like, this is this is the office of amalgamation stuff. That's not yeah. my department. Nope. <laughs> Perfect. They're all Thank just you, robots. Yeah. Based based Charles. <laughs> Charles Archibald Hoffman has almost definitely invented the shredder specifically for that <laughs> file that keeps getting dropped on his desk. <laughs> yep. He has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Doesn't care. Not my job. A pure constructing round. Not my job. I like it Don't how care. I like it how most of the like disenfranchised robots are from the guild because apparently the Arcanists do treat their shit better. Moderately. Their whole thing, their their workers' yeah. rights, you know. And Moder- moderate, uh, moderately, they're still except for all the ones we leave in the bayou still from worker constructs. <laughs> okay, they they answered that, and I was happy with their answer. They yeah, they don't Mod doesn't steal them; they just hang out. <laughs> the the, the, lore behind, the, the lore behind the hopper, you know, where robots want is, to be. It's an old model and it's been discontinued, and that's why we don't. They're not an Arcanist model anymore. Yeah, they've been they've been set free. Go free, my child. <laughs> free range robots. Free range robots. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what they are at this point. So, also, they were in Ampersand was in the Stitch in Time. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I'm. Yeah, I remember that because yeah, kidneys. you could sell your organs in that spoiler alert, I guess, for a stitch in time. Yep. Uh, yeah, because nice. because you could nice. sell other like, people's nice. organs. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a mad, a mad scientist robot or like a supposed doctor robot, but it was mm-hmm. just very interested in human organs, and you could sell your organs to him for information or something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was information. Nice. Yeah. And also, and also for him to take you into Ampersand. Um, and and let you not sounds like there might be amalgamation oh. going on there after all. Someone's got to tell yeah, just, one just a little bit. Just no, amalgamation is when you add robot parts to a human. If you to add human. human parts, not when you add to a robot. Parts to if a you robot. add a kidney yeah. to a robot, it doesn't count. <laughs> if you add robot parts to a human, it's an abomination. If you add human That's parts to a robot, arrested. it's perfectly fine and apparently extremely well functioning. If Doctor Who has anything to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll uh, so we have our amount we have our ampersand master then i was thinking we could take the the robot that's eating the robot that's Dr. just farming Oomst. organs from people and replace living yeah, with Dr. him Oomst. 
I'm into it. And then we can just kill off Levy. Hooray. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to happen, so. Yeah. Good. He'll he'll get his last hurrah <laughs> with the with the horseman. Rather sooner than to later. To answer the other question on, on the list, Levy and the horseman. He'll get his last hurrah, and then we'll just get an ampersand master instead. I'm perfect. Done. More and more about this as you literally the rest of the crew fits perfectly in that crew. His, <laughs> his destiny was to save Malifo, and I think he just needs to save it in the most minor, petty way possible, and then immediately die. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. It turns out him dying saves Malifo. Good job. Yeah, or it's like a, just a really dumb butterfly effect. Like, he farts, and that somehow saves Malifo. <laughs> he puts out one fire that would have turned into, like, a big issue, yeah, and then he dies. Fire, but Malifo City. <laughs> yeah. He puts out one fire that would have killed, like, Ma Tucket. <laughs> actually saves that, Malifo. And, then and that dies. butterfly effect saves Malifo City, because it turns out Ma Tucket has been the savior of Malifo City the whole time. Fantastic. So he's the savior of the savior. Of we, we go from no Bayou relevance to them being the only ones relevant. Exactly. We need to like rocket, rocket the ending there. We can just end Malifaux with ultimate Bayou relevance. You thought they were just comic relief? This was just a long game. It was the long game. The longest of games. Ten years. Peach just comes back. It's all. It's cool. It's like the Avengers of Malifaux. Vickery, your topic next. Um, but be right back again. Leaving. I love leaving. I'm coming back. You're taking a Bayou break? <laughs> <laughs> that means he's taking a shit. <laughs> I mean, the gremlins don't have toilets, so. Exactly. You just poop in a room. Bayou is the toilet. Since we're uh, apparently really on gremlins right now. Oh, no. Is there still a bounty on gremlins by the guild? In my mind, it still exists. Mm-hmm. There's just not a focus on it right now. Um, like, if somebody happens to drop by the guild offices with, like, a bunch of dead gremlins, they'll pay mm-hmm. them. But they're not, like, advertising this bounty, yep. and they're not really pushing so for in, it. So, in, in my mind, this, again, and this might come from some other source... But, like, the idea was that you bring in gremlin ears. <laughs> oh, no. And, and, like, the idea is, like, every once in a while, like, once a month, someone comes in with a bunch of gremlin ears, and the dude at the bounty office is just like, are you kidding? Are we still doing this? What, what am I going to do with these? The law's on the books, buddy. Oh, Pay me. This, this is can't. disgusting. <laughs> All right, here's your script. <laughs> Fuck. Is this really what we need to be focusing on right now? They're, is this a they, priority? They just, they, just, to anybody? they just live there. This is my next through the There's breach There's a burning character. man in the sky. <laughs> it's raining fire. This is a thousand percent my next through the breach character whenever I finally get to play instead of running the game. And the fun thing is that this is also a gremlin and all he's doing is just going through the bayou, finding corpses because they die all the fucking time. And just turning <laughs> in the bounty. Just cutting the yeah. ears off. Cutting like, open gators. There's there's a bounty out for gremlin for dead gremlins, but there's nothing that says that them existing is illegal or anything. So technically, there's nothing stopping a yeah, gremlin nope. from cashing in. I love I love <laughs> the idea that like again going off my idea that they turn in gremlin ears as like the 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 to- the bounty token and like he cut off one of his ears to add to his bounty count. 
<laughs> like the bounty off a week. Yeah. What happened to your What happened to your ear? Oh, nothing. I just, there's, you know, there's like there's like a hat shop across the street with the with the prices advertised in the front window. He wears the Jane hat and it's got little flaps over no, his ears. I was going to say, like, he sees this hat nice. and he wants it desperately, and he goes over and turns into the ears, and he's like two bucks short. <laughs> and he's looking at the hat in the window, <laughs> and he's thinking, and he's looking at the hat in the window, and he's thinking, and then he just takes out his knife, he's like, fuck, alright. Just cuts it off right in front of the guy. <laughs> Man, that one's fresh. <laughs> he got his hat. The I hat guess, got that, I guess that's legal, I guess. Good enough for me. <laughs> um. So, to answer the original question, I actually think it's not. I feel like that's stopped with Marlowe. I figured he thought like like that is antagonizing a bunch of natives that we don't need to antagonize right now because we don't want the fucking resources to handle pissing off the bayou even more. Right. They're just kind of being assholes. They're not really directly aggressing yeah. on us. They're just kind of out there being yeah, dicks. It ma- and not really. It makes sense that Marlo would drop that compared to yeah. Dichner. Just fuck that guy. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I. I was just gonna say. I think there's ahead. been enough contact with the more like sane and reasonable gremlins that Marlo would see that as an opportunity more than a, so he would, I agree. I think. Yeah. Especially with, we had, that's fair, but like, um, but like burning man happened and Marlo's whole stint as governor general has been pretty chaotic. So it's entirely possible that it just got overlooked. True. Yeah, I feel like he wants to get rid of it, but he yeah. it's been too busy since he got there. There's too much going on. Yeah, what with the orange man and the sky. Orange man bad. And fire man bad. <laughs> and his watch stopped. I mean, that's that's got to throw his whole day off. Yeah. That was weird. That was so weird how that happened. I definitely agree that when he gets to it, he's going to get rid of it because in addition to we can stop spending as many resources on trying to not antagonize and deal with any raiding parties after we do antagonize. There's a report somewhere that Kitchener either never saw because Lucius didn't put it on his desk, or Kitchener didn't care about and said, fuck it, I just want you to bring me gremlin ears, because that's a bowl full of those is how I start my day in the morning. He pickles them. He's got got a gremlin ear necklace. It was his favorite before (laughs) he turned into Um, the Burning Man. But... Marlo's looking at that the next step further, but there's there's a report going, these guys are really impressionable. If we impression them the right way, we have a bunch of free labor or cheap labor that is renewable because of how many kids yeah. they have. And if we can cut down on their, their natural deaths ever so slightly, we essentially have a never-ending army, or at least yeah, it's working camp. out well for the uh, the rail workers. Right, the Ten Thunders already tried this; it went bad. But after Marlo, <laughs> listen, it go. the guild, the guild, not you know, not known for exactly. not repeating mistakes. <laughs> They'll find a whole different way to make it worse. <laughs> Absolutely, learning from history. Nah. Nah. I think they, they if as long as they're upfront about their deception, the, the gremlins will be all in. The whole thing is that they were just very secretive about it, the Ten Thunders. Yeah, also the Gremlins have had like ten years of extremely fast evolution, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From like swamp primates to an intelligent species. Mm, intelligence, in quotes. 
sentient, sentient, sentient species. Compared compared cool. to where they are, they're they're thoroughly advanced. Ma's running around in a robot spider at this point. That she stole. <laughs> I mean, I guess she stole right, it. Right, but she's also clearly made yeah, improvements. Yeah, but she's piloting it. And knows how to drive it competently. <laughs> yeah, improvements. There's clearly on it. Like, Sparks, Sparks and Brin exist. There have clearly That's been fair. some strange evolutionary divergence the since exceptions, though. Malifo started. <laughs> True, but again, survival of the fittest. Yeah. I feel like the Grimmins have sort of learned to listen to their weirdos instead of ostracize them, which has, you know, amplified yeah. this advancement. Bo, Sparks, Brin, the weirdos are starting to get traction. Wong. <laughs> Actually, no one's no one's listening to Wong. No, no one's listening to Wong. Not a smart group. Oh, we don't. Oh, honestly, Wong is an anomaly. Smart group, but not Wong. I, yeah, Ophelia. I don't think we have on this list what the fuck the dabblers are doing with Wong yet. We've answered it in other episodes, but you know, it's still a question technically. I mean, if I you have, if you really sorry, if I have who is nameless on this fucking list, then we probably should have. What the fuck are the dabblers doing with Wong? They just needed to make the angry Bayou players happy. Give them something. Because they're not getting any lore, so. <laughs> they didn't give us they didn't give us much with the dabblers. <laughs> they gave us something better than lightning bugs, I guess. You got really, <laughs> exactly really cool. Your keywords. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are really nice. Okay. Uh me then and then we're done. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well we're on a that way. bayou train. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Maybe we're gonna have multiple multiples of these episodes, so we can just do whatever we want. There's a lot of questions. We're on a bayou train, so I am asking the question: What is the purpose of the gremlins in the grand scheme of things? How are we gonna roll them into the plot? How is this going to happen? I guess this is less of a uh, plot thread not being finished, but more of come on, include this fucking An faction in the story. <laughs> come on, come on. And my, I was gonna sit here disappointed. My theory is that eventually what we're leading up to the reason that they're like uninvolved is no one takes them seriously but that's what we discover is their secret power they are nearly immune to the influence of the tyrants mm. yeah no it really does mm-hmm. kind of seem that mm-hmm. way and they are key in defeating them because humans are humans and neverborn are way too corruptible apparently and the gremlins are just too chaotic to fucking influence that would that would do a lot to explain Zoraida's influence. Mm-hmm. Other than just proximity. If she's like pushing a direction for the bayou, that honestly makes a lot more sense than like just the fact that she exists yeah. in their general vicinity. The other thing I see this leading to is a small yeah. but important group of especially uncorruptible gremlins being led to several different <laughs> volcanoes and dropping in specific parts of Tyrant's uh, anatomy? Jewelry? Are you turning gremlins into (laughs) hobbits? I didn't have to. Doug did. It's cages. It's it's varying it's varying kinds of cages. Okay, boxes and puzzle boxes and bags. Are we throwing Damien's puzzle box into a volcano? (laughs) I I was gonna say I, I do think it would be a more interesting angle than it's not just hobbits because they are so chaotic. Mm -hmm. They're not like, can't just go be like, Oh, you guys can't be affected by this magic thing. Go kill the magic thing. It'd be like, we're going to have to figure out a way to Mm -hmm. trick you into doing it. Or, you know, it's not going to be that easy. It's to convince you that it's your idea to go kill the magic burning man. Is you big, build a big enough pig a pole. 
<laughs> hey, hey, Somer. Hey, Somer, that Burning Man guy? Yeah, he said you were a coward if you threw this. And he's got a really volcano. big hat. You just can't see it. Go get him. He has the biggest, burningest hat. How do you think he got up into the sky? <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> Good. Man, that Burning Man ain't right. Oh. <laughs> kick it. Kick his ass, kick your gonna, ass, kick my own I'm ass. Kick his ass. <laughs> Can we just make Somer Hank Hill? No. Yeah, why not? Does that make. I feel like that makes. Yes, what long. you're about to ask next, Nate, is correct. Lenny is okay. Bobby. Lenny is Bobby. That ain't my. That ain't your purse. You don't know me. <laughs> that would. That would. That would make Wong Dale, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh man, who's uh uh fucking Boomhauer? Boomhauer, yeah. Ulix. Uh I was yeah, I'd say Ulix or Brew because everyone just Yeah, Ulix sort has of, big Boomhauer energy. Brewy kind of garners the respect that everyone has for Boomhauer that isn't really explained until the last episode. But yeah, you know, people yeah, generally that, respect no, that's, Ulix. That's reasonable. Too. Yeah, Ulix or Brewy. Either way. Anyways. Anyway, any other feedback on like how the gremlins? Are now that we've be- we've turned Bayou plot relevance into King of the Hill. I this think- is why you're not allowed to have plot relevance. <laughs> I you think there's a lot of, seriously. I think there's a lot of interesting things that they could do with certain gremlin characters, and I feel like they've tiptoed up to the edge of actually doing some of those things, and then every time it's been like, mm, never mind. They kind of pull back yeah, a little bit. Like, the Ophelia and Perdita relationship, I think there could be some, some really interesting yep. stuff there. Even with even with what they hinted in, in uh, Madness, with Ophelia taking on, like, mm-hmm. the Red Cage yeah. as a whole. Right. Like, I hope they follow up on that. Yeah. Because, like, if but, anyone's going to be, like, a, a, a Bayou main character, it's Ophelia and, like, secondary to Ulix given the Burning Man connection, but like but if there's Ophelia we has know about the red potential cage, of being the hero. But if there's anything we know about the Red Cage is that they're never going to do anything with that plot point. So they like, just kind of leave it alone. because They threw <laughs> Ophelia over there to, to make her go away for another... I, like in thing. five books from now, they're like, oh yeah, no, Ophelia blew that up a long time ago. We just stopped talking <laughs> yeah, exactly. about it. She just demolished... Yeah, Pear just blew the whole thing up with all of his dynamite pigs and that was it. They did it. Done. Good job. Daddy damage. Daddy did a daddy damage. I hope that we see some actual <laughs> stuff with Wong when, when the new uh, TOS book I, comes out because that's there's obviously a connection there that should be explored, yeah. but I won't be surprised if they don't. Um, no, of course not. But there's so much potential. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'd love to see him in the game as like a um, uh, just like a solo character that can show up in Kimon. A Kimon yeah. yeah. character? Yeah, that'd be, That'd cool. be cool. As a champion, that was the word I wanted. Um, uh-huh. Along that, I think when we get fourth edition, for the purposes of plot, I think we can all agree, even Nate, that the one thing holding the Bayou back from really exploding into developing as a really thought out faction and not just the goofballs, I think we need a dead man's hand summer. I'll say it. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, 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 no, I agree. Or at least, like, reduce him to the point of plot irrelevancy. I mean... Like, he kind of has. Yeah. Like, he's not really doing a lot right now, so, like, if they kind of, being honest, do do to him what they kind of did to Seamus at this point. 
kind of sideline him, that's fine. Like let let the other character shine over over some. Well, and they've already kind of taken away his only real significance in the plot anyway by making him not the leader anymore. Like yeah, Len is Len. the gremlin general mm-hmm. now. So I did a yeah. I did a vote on my Discord a while back uh, where people oh, no. just submitted like just a like a rough tier list of their favorite characters in the story and. Sommer was ranked the when I when I compiled them all together we probably got like fifteen or something like that when I compiled them all together Sommer was dead last. I I, I again <laughs> I my hundred percent clarity if you go onto the weird forums my forum name is Song of the Sommer he was my first master I love him we can sideline it's fine <laughs> he's had his time he was you- great for you know an edition and a half he can he can he can he can. I also, he can finish his arm. I also think he was part part of the reason he was there was to show like because he was always like the big misogynist, and it was part of the reason his character existed was to sort of show how backwards he was and how everyone else kind of wasn't a misogynist, yeah. including the other gremlins yep. to an extent. But we don't need that anymore. Yep. We 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 understand mm-hmm. exactly. We get it. <laughs> he lost the election. He's irrelevant. In, I'm in talking about summer, summer and no one else can go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how Nate and I are very similar in that we love this character, but we're totally cool with them being killed off because it would make a lot yeah. of sense for the plot. The I feel full, the full arc of the character makes sense, and it's like he's been around long enough. We can kind of, especially if it means don't... we can get some other Bayou characters into the plot in some relevant, like the Black Dragon, like a, like a, some I, sort I of. I feel like though, like there's every faction has at least one or two masters that aren't plot relevant. Yeah, and I mean, so he can I, just not every character not. needs to be plot relevant. I think the difference with mm-hmm. Sommer, though, is that a lot of the other ones, and maybe there's other ones I'm not thinking of, but a lot of the other ones, you can see the potential for where their plot could go. I can't think of where Sommer's story could go. His character is very one-dimensional. He hasn't done anything in the past. What is he going to do in the future? If they, had, if they had done more with the Clampets in Madness, I would agree. But the Clampets feel kind of like a, hey, we need a Bayou Master for Madness. Yeah. But they did almost <laughs> nothing for them other than Hey, they deal with the gibbering hordes. That's that's their thing. They they're they're relevant to the plot in that they are on the the eastern sea border of the body. Like, what do they get? Like three paragraphs? Gremlins the are they're, they're not they're they're not technically mentioned. Like mm-hmm. if you read if you read, read the names and they're like little blurb yeah. and then you go back to the the blurbs in the actual madness story, they are not, not technically mentioned as a master. They are the only Madness yeah. Malifa Master not mentioned in that book. Theoretically, in those people story, are related to them, but that's it. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah, they are theoretical clampets, and even that is the other. <laughs> but yeah, that that is that is um a word that I'm trying to think of, I, but I'm I, too I, drunk to think. I decided to close this out with saying yes. that we are going to bring them into plot relevance, both clampets and the Bayou in general. By again, the giants. Pegapult they build in the bayou and launching <laughs> a glorious sacrifice yes. a la Independence Day, Cervantes program. harpooning the Burning Man in the eye, fulfilling his destiny <laughs> to, to slay the giantest of giants, <laughs> destroying the Burning Man forever. I'm back. Would it be Cervantes or would it be Anti-Mel? I think it'd be Cervantes. Or both. Close Somer's arc. They launch Somer at him. <laughs> 
to try Ooh. and steal the giant hat that no one can see. He wants, he wants the tyrant hat. Yeah, he wants the yeah, tyrant and, hat. And he disappears. Wong, mm-hmm. and we don't in Wong's happens. conversation with Somer, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Somener, <laughs> he is informed that the Burning Man mm-hmm. has the biggest hat of all, and he yep. must be launched into space. <laughs> Ironically, this works out perfectly because Somer had too many cans of beans in his pockets. So as the intense heat of the Burning Man hit him and burned him to a crisp, those beans exploded and took the Burning Man with them. Were they beans for his family? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where they can just continue to be part of the other side. For my family. (laughs) The beans for my family. (laughs) Okay, uh, it's way past time. I think we're good to call it. We're definitely yeah, going to have another one. It, right? There's a lot of fun. We fixed yeah, we, we solved all of the plot holes until the next episode. <laughs> where we solve even more plot holes that just so happened to show up between then and now. But uh, yeah, we're going to... Cl- yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm done. We're done. Uh, this is Steam Powered Scoundrels in Wednesday Night Loredown. <laughs> Wednesday Night Loredown. Uh, I, am, I am your... <laughs> Dastardly and insanely gorgeous host Douglas Scoundrels, and with me are the five other Scoundrelino, four other Scoundrelinos. Sorry, I cannot count. I'm too sexy to count. Nate, Mr. Dice is technically Scoundrelly, <laughs> but hi and died. I'm sorry. Is that what we're doing? No, we need a new one. This is not. You're going, this is this is not going I to apologize. be another format. This is not going to be another format. Don't do God. No, absolutely not. Vickery. Eli. Bye. I'm also Goodbye. sorry. Roman. I decided not to apologize. Denouement. <laughs> and the man no, now known as Dice Jefferson. You're welcome. Yeah, th- thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. That's the attitude we want to fix. <laughs> it has been fixed. Congratulations. <laughs> you don't need to listen to anything we else solved ever again. We solved Cannon. <laughs> hey, go listen or watch. Watch. Go watch. Effective dice. Yeah. If you aren't aware of them, go do that. They're awesome. It's kind of like they um, do the YouTube podcast, but less funny. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I have I have recommended you your videos to multiple people, asking about multiple masters. Informative, and since this video will be out, I'll say that you do handle Tony Ironsides very well, despite not referencing me at all. In that <laughs> short record. <laughs> He went with an inferior duck. It's okay. But that's He's okay. gonna have me on the Bayou I'll, episode. I'll, so I'll fix it in the future. <laughs> she is also right. my favorite man. Nice. So. All you have to do is mention the one time she was left at prom. Don't even mention him by name. Uh, please. Done. Don't. <laughs> no. I am the most important Tony. I'm, I'm upset, that's and I'm turning you. this off. <laughs> Goodbye. Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.